Hi, and welcome to episode 64 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Upthegrove. If you're listening to this episode near the time it is released, then maybe you too are in the middle of the annual, hey, we're getting near the end of the year holiday season. It's a true cliche to say that it is a stressful time of the year, but it is. And if you're entertaining guests, then maybe you can up that stress level a few additional notches. So in the spirit of the season, I'm again going to advocate for preparing a punch, something we discussed in depth in episode 17 with the Cup of Cheer, and then touched on again in episode 34 with Privateer Punch. Both of those were good episodes, so go and listen to them. Or if you've already listened to them, listen to them again. Uh, Punch is your friend when you have a a number of guests who are going to arrive all at the same time. It requires a little bit of upfront investment of your time, but the interest you are paid back is plentiful during your party. So in this episode, I'm going back to the flowing bowl for a nice hearty punch suited nicely to colder days, a punch that features Maison Exode Jamaican rum and a delicious porter beer. Now, as I literally just mentioned, the rum in this episode is a Maison Exo rum from Jamaica. Uh, a Maison Exo is a Jamaican rum from the Maison brand or Maison label. That's the Maison is the brand that uh, puts this rum out on your shelf. It's relatively new to the market, um, at least as far as I know. I first saw and tasted Maison rums in the summer of 2015, so just a little over a year and a half ago or about a year and a half ago. Um, I did enjoy my initial samples, but I always seemed to find a different bottle of rum to pick up when I saw it on the shelf um, until a few months ago when a local retailer was clearing out uh, older stock of like gift packs from like maybe the previous holiday season, those gift packs that you get where... You get a bottle of booze and a couple of glasses or a shaker or something like that. This one was a pack of Maison Exo Jamaican rum and two small glasses. It was at a good price, so I picked it up, uh, sipped a sample, and then started the process of wondering, you know, for quite some time actually, how I would use this in a cocktail. That's normally what I do if I have a a rum that I don't have a specific use for in mind, try and think about uh, what it's going to work with, and sometimes that takes longer than other times. Now, before we get to that recipe, before we get to where we uh, where we end up with with this rum, uh, it's time to taste this rum. So, I have a glass here in my hand the uh, the aforementioned uh, titular Maison glass that came in the gift pack. Um, appearance wise, this bottle of rum this is a sturdy, medium sized bottle that feels like it's made from really thick glass, and it has a plastic screw closure up on top. The rum itself is very light gold or maybe a light straw color, um, and even lighter still once you pour it into the glass. Uh, Aroma-wise, it's a bright uh, fruit aroma on this rum, Uh, ripe banana, as you might expect, with a little Jamaican rum funk on the back end. Um, It's actually pretty easy on the nose, though, considering its heritage. Uh, No real nostril burning, which maybe isn't unexpected since it comes in at a normal 40% uh, alcohol by volume at 80 proof. It's not really, doesn't encroach on overproof, let alone, um, you know, the 90 proof territory. Um, after sitting out for a while, the, the ethanol notes become a little bit more prevalent, but, uh, um, takes on a little bit more of that character, but it takes a while after it aerates before that really makes itself known. Taste wise, I found it to be warm and spicy at first with a, a dry and medium body. Um, if this rum has had any additives, I think it was done with a light touch. Uh, it really, I don't think anything was added to it. It's a pretty dry rum. I do like the taste, but it's not what I would typically expect from a rum distilled in Jamaica. Um, that might be do the aging process or the blending process that'll probably have to come up as I do a little bit more research on the rum. So maybe while I consider it not a typical Jamaican uh, tasting or bodied rum, it is a nice rum, uh, easy sipping uh, that doesn't seem like it has had too much alteration done to it. Uh, In terms of finish, I would also consider that to be an easy finish, uh, probably short to medium, a little bit of heat, but nothing that goes beyond what you'd expect again from an 80 proof rum. Uh, pleasant enough, but not what I would, uh, I wouldn't use the term complex in the case of this rum. 
Uh, as a summary, um, this to me was a solid, if uh, a little bit safe, sipping rum. Uh, has enough character that I thought of it when selecting rums for various punch recipes. It reminds me a bit of Four Squares rums in the way that they just seem to taste like rum without a ton of fuss. The flavor flavor profile isn't the same as a Four Square rum, for instance, but the idea seems similar. Now, for another take on Maison rums, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Please check out um, that link and Josh Miller's reviews of the uh, three different Maison rums over at Inuacana.com. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. Now, when it comes to production of this rum, the official site is filled with uh, breathless descriptions that provide not a lot of substantial information. It's actually a little bit off-putting, but luckily I've tasted the rum before seeing the marketing, so it didn't put me off too much. Now, as I searched the internet for any actual production or detailed information, I ran across a review at Boston Apoc- uh, excuse me, Boston Apothecary um, that spoke directly to this feeling um, that I was getting when I initially looked at the Maison website. Uh, in fact, directly from the review, I'll quote, despite a righteous flavor and probable noble ENA sheer heritage, the branding comes across as a vodka startup like veneer that may irk some, end quote. So uh, while that also doesn't provide me a clear understanding of the rum's history uh, or production, it does give me an idea of what the rum's background is. So the Boston Apothecary article, they believe that the blend is a product of ENA sheer a company that, in the words of Matt from Cocktail Wonk, is, quote, the most important rum com- company you've never heard of, unquote. So that Maison is a product of ENA Shear is probable, but it's unconfirmed, as clients from ENA Shear are often not disclosed as such. Now, um, a little bit more on what the heck is ENA Shear. So a bit of a primer on that company. They are rum blenders from the Netherlands. Uh, again, Matt from Cocktail Wonk has a, a great article that goes very in-depth on their operations. He was able to visit them in person and, and do an interview and take some photos and, and glean more information. Um, so there's a link to that article in the show notes. Uh, he wrote up, again, an excellent article describing their entire operation. Um, I would strongly encourage you to go read it to go more in-depth on it. You'll start to get an understanding of the small boutique spirit labels you sometimes see on the shelf where you kind of have a hunch that they're not distilling their own product, but you're not really sure. You can't really put a finger on it. You don't know where that came from. Uh, so you'll get a better idea of uh, potentially where some of those rums came from. Uh, there are plenty of folks with money that want to run a spirit brand that don't necessarily want to distill it. They don't want to run the distillation operations, but they do have an interest in running a spirit brand. So an outfit like ENA Shear exists to broker product between distillers, who in some cases are producing more than they can sell on their own, and those brand owners. Now, Again, as a direct quote from the article, this is a very distinct description that should give you an idea of what ENA Shear's operation is all about. Quote, ENA Shear is a Dutch company with roots in the rum business reaching back to 1762, the time of the triangle trade between Africa, the New World, and the Old World. In the intervening 250 years or so, they have evolved into a critical player in the world rum business, connecting distillers to brands and ultimately to you, the rum consumer. In short, their business is this. ENA Shear imports bulk rums into the Netherlands from more than 20 countries, blends them to customer specifications, and sells them to brands in more than 45 countries. Those brands are some of the very bottles on your own shelves or some of those, uh, some of your favorite bar, the ones evoking small family-owned craft distilleries, rustling cane fields, and warm island sunsets. All still true if by way of a detour through blending tanks in the port of Amsterdam, end quote. Again, um, please go have a read of the entire article that Matt wrote. It, it's very, it's an excellent read, um, and it doesn't take too much imagination to connect the dots once you've read that between Maison and, the, and Ian A. Shear and the bottle that sits in front of you. 
Now, bear in mind, this shouldn't lessen your enjoyment of a particular brand of rum. The rum is the rum. It just means that if you're really into the production process, it's going to be a little more opaque with some rums um, as opposed to, for instance, a couple of examples like I find personally when I reach out and speak to local craft distilleries, they will gladly talk me through their bespoke process um, and they'll let me know exactly how they're doing what they're doing and how they're producing what they're producing. So I think when you speak to a local distiller, you're going to get a full story. Uh, larger entities like Appleton that may not go fully into the details like a local craft distiller, they will at least give you enough information to understand the source of their spirit. So with Maison and other alleged customers of Ian A. Shear, the info you get on their corporate site, the Maison site, is the story the brand wants to tell. It's not necessarily the nitty-gritty on stills, yeast, and barrels. So it gets a little bit harder to find that information. But again, the rum is still the rum. So if you like that, try not to be too off-put by the marketing. Now, where to find uh, Maison rums? At the time of this recording, Maison has pretty good distribution at liquor stores. Uh, maybe not available so much in like Mega Marts, but Total Wine carries it as do uh, larger local carriers carriers in my area like High Time. Uh, that's, again, in Southern California. That said, a particular style, side note, um, I find the term expression, however accepted it is within the industry, um, is to just be nails on a chalkboard for me, so I can't call them expressions. A particular style of Maison is limited to the total number of bottles that they have produced of that style. So if you pick one up and decide it's to your taste, it's probably a decent bet that you want to pick up a couple more for your enjoyment further on down the line and maybe just store them. Uh, because I think, you know, once that particular run is over, that particular run is over and they may have a different style, but it's not going to be exactly the same. They're not, they don't seem to be in the business of producing this um, in perpetuity. Now, in addition to the EXO, the other Maison varieties I see on the shelves at the moment are a Panama rum from 2004 and a Jamaican labeled as from the year 2000. The official site uh, also lists a 2000, I should say not in addition, not uh, it also lists, but they instead list a 2006 Panama rum and a 1996 Trinidad. I haven't yet seen those in the wild, but that seems to indicate to me that the Jamaican 2000 and the Panama 2004 are probably near the end of their run and probably going to be replaced by that 2006 Panama and the 1996 Trinidad. Now let's talk a little bit about a component of today's punch, and that component is beer. Uh, specifically, let's talk about porter, the style of beer used in the recipe. Now I'm going to simplify what porter is for the purposes of this show, which hereby focuses, or which as we know, focuses on rum. Uh, so I'm going to do that at the risk of offending anyone listening who has a deeper understanding of beer. Uh, my apologies in advance. Uh, a porter is a form of ale, much like a stout. Broadly speaking, beer can be divided into ales and lagers, and then there's derivatives within those. Ales are made from top fermenting yeasts and are generally fuller bodied with noticeable hoppiness and overall uh, more complexity than a, than a lager. Lagers are made from bottom fermenting yeasts and are typically thought of as a uh, style of beer uh, in, it's common with Dutch, German, and, and Czech style uh, breweries. The word lager comes from the German word lagerin, meaning to store, in reference to holding the beer for months in near freezing temperatures. Lagers are generally lighter than ales and are more crisp. A pilsner is an example of a lager. Uh, these represent the most popular style of beer, these being lagers, if you look at sales alone. Now, both porters and stouts are considered ales. Uh, according to a reference on a Canadian beer store site, uh, they outline the they pretty simplify or they simplify the uh, the distinction between the two. Uh, the distinction between porter and stout is that porter will have a bit more sweetness, while stouts uh, are flavored by barley and usually feature a um, <clears throat> creamy head. The origin of the term 
uh, porter and stout are mixed with each other. So early versions of dark porter beers, which were the original, like if you think of that as the original style as a dark porter beer, they would often be referred to depending on how strongly they are brewed as a extra porter, double porter, and a stout porter, which at some point just became the standalone stout. Uh, these days, porters can be fertile ground for brewers to experiment with in terms of extra flavor, uh, chocolate and pumpkin being two uh, specific examples, uh, especially around you know the October timeframe, pumpkin ales and pumpkin porters become uh, a little bit more prevalent on the marketplace. I tend to think of porters as hearty cold weather beers, as well as a beer that sits a little heavier as opposed to when you're drinking an ale. Now, I do prefer an ale over a lager on most most days, though I do often reach, you know, usually I reach for a blonde ale or an IPA. When it comes to porter, though, I was introduced to my favorite porter uh, by my sister when she told me about Deschutes and their Black Butte Porter. The Black Butte Porter comes in at 5.2 alcohol by volume and 30 IBU. Uh, IBU is a measurement of bitterness uh, that's uh, very common to find within brewery, uh, excuse me, with breweries. Uh, for comparison, an IPA will get up into like the 60 to 90 IBU ranges typically. So the higher the IBU number, the more bitter the beer is. Uh, I find the Black Butte Porter uh, primarily to have very distinct coffee and chocolate notes and to be uh, a, overall a smooth beer um, and a dark, you know, a beer that's enjoyed. You don't really drink it fast. You kind of enjoy it a little bit more slowly. The brewery, Deschutes, they're a brewery based in Bend, Oregon. Uh, they got their start in 1988. They brew a wide range of beers, uh, both uh, stuff that's available year-round, also stuff that's seasonal. Um, and over the years, they've been able to extend their reach without killing their product, which is always really nice. They sell it in 28 states, uh, along with uh, the, the District of Columbia, along the West Coast. It's, uh, it's no chore to find Deschutes beers in local grocery stores and liquor stores, which is nice. Uh, I also recommend, if you're looking at some of their products that are available year-round, the Mirror Pond Ale and the Obsidian Stout. Uh, Deschutes is the 12th largest brewery in the U.S., producing 250,000 barrels a year, or to put it in a more, maybe a, a more impressive term, a quarter of a million barrels a year. Uh, so it's not like I'm advocating a small player here. I'm just advocating what I would consider to be a great player. Uh, they have pubs that you can go in and, and sample food and beer uh, if you're in either Bend or Portland, Oregon. Uh, I've been able to visit the Portland locations on a few occasions and found it to be a really uh, fun experience. Uh, they do get busy, though, so plan accordingly and get there early and happy hour if you can. Uh, I also saw on their website that they're opening a new location for the East Coast in Roanoke uh, to get East Coast distribution up and up and running and a little bit more, you know, a little more coverage on the East Coast. Uh, however, before you start planning a visit, know that they anticipate breaking ground in 2019. Um, on the other hand, podcasts don't really expire, so if you're listening to this in the year 2021, maybe go pay them a visit. Now for the punch. Now, as mentioned in the intro to this episode, punch is a helpful tool for entertaining others in mass. In most cases, you'll need to do some advanced prep, but that will pay off at the time of the event. Uh, mixing 12 cocktails all at once when your guests arrive is asking a lot for the home bartender. Um, it's much easier to position your guests around the punch vessel with small cups and a nutmeg grater than it is to have them queue up for 30 minutes while you measure, shake, and strain individual cocktails. Then once everyone has had a chance to sample punch and have a conversation or start a conversation, uh, they can wander up two by two, one by one, as you as the host can mix up at a, uh, mix drinks at a more relaxed pace. Um, one other important point, one that I don't always understand myself, is that your guests probably want to enjoy your company as well and your conversation as well. Uh, and there's only so much of that that can happen if you're spending your entire time behind the bar mixing cocktail after cocktail. 
So as a start on getting much more um, into the history of punch, maybe pick up David Wondrich's book on punch and go have a listen to episode 17 of this here program. Uh, that'll get you started down that path. Uh, just be careful because once you start down that path, you're going to want to make punches at every occasion. And well, actually, there's no downside there. Uh, today's recipe comes from the book Cocktails on Tap by Jacob Greer that we talked about in episode 58. Uh, and that book is primarily about the use of beer in cocktail uh, recipes or beer as a cocktail ingredient. Episode 58 was the Mai Tai PA. Uh, but I also marked off a couple of other recipes to try. Haven't made too many of the recipes from the book yet, but the ones I have made I've been very pleased with, including one non-rum recipe that I guess is never going to see the light of day on this show. Uh, new uh, to the, excuse me, uh, near the end of this uh, past July, I had the occasion to make today's punch for a small private event commemorating Black Tot Day, and this was the quote-unquote welcome punch for when people arrived. It was made at that time with Pussers as a thematic nod to what we were talking about at that event. The feedback was very positive from the guests, so I figured I'd be making this punch again. And then once I picked up the Maison, I thought perhaps it too could work in this application. Now, the idea of this punch is to take an assertive Jamaican rum and play it against the darker porter, or excuse me, the dark porter beer. Maison isn't really necessarily the most assertive Jamaican rum I've had, but it seemed like it could work, especially in the cases where your guests aren't going to be looking to be overpowered by a funky Jamaican rum. I know, I know as strange as it may sound, not everybody's tastes run towards really strong assertive rum. So in a, in a guest or a, a party situation, this actually might be a welcome change. Uh, the punch is named Blow My Skull and originally comes from a 1864 book, the English and Australian cookery book, Cookery for the Many, as well as the Upper 10,000. All right, then. Uh, it was written by Edward Abbott, a member of the Tasmanian Parliament. The punch was reportedly a favorite of a Tasmanian governor. Uh, draw your own conclusions about the, uh, the actual name of the punch. Um, I think um, maybe having a bit too much of this will result in the uh, aforementioned blown skull. Now, the recipe for the blown skull, excuse me, the blow my skull is as follows. I'll, I'll make a note where I've deviated from the uh, cocktails on tap books prescribed process. It's only a small deviation, but it was just something I found during making this a couple of times. The recipe is three quarters of a cup of Demerara sugar, one quart, also known as four cups of boiling water, 16 ounces of Jamaican pot still rum, in this case, the Maison XO, 16 ounces of porter beer, in this case, Deschutes Black Butte Porter, eight ounces of brandy, in this case, using a Christian Brothers brandy, just a uh, Normal regular brandy, no need to go for a, a cognac or anything, you know, too highbrow. And six ounces of fresh lime juice. Now, in a large sealable vessel, combine the boiling water and sugar, stirring to dissolve the sugar, and then add the remaining ingredients except for the porter. Now, the book says to add the porter at this point as well. I found that didn't work so well, uh, so I hold off on that. Now, seal that and refrigerate that vessel for many hours, or at least as many hours as you have. When you're ready to serve, pour that out into a punch bowl or other appropriate serving vessel. Uh, serving, excuse me. Pour it into a punch bowl or other appropriate serving vessel, and then add in the porter. Uh, if you have a large block of ice, at that now's the time to add it. And then after that, for serving, you want to ladle that punch into small cups for your guests that are filled with ice. The book says that this punch will serve six. You can probably get more out of it, and then to scale it up, simply do some multiplication. So if you're going to have, you know, six to twelve people. Um, at your house, you may want to do this uh, 1.5, you know, times the, uh, the amounts that are called for. If you're going to have, you know, perhaps 12 people, you might want to just double it. Anyways, just do some simple multiplication. You can figure out how to scale this thing up. Now, 
The punches taste, uh, while maybe not the same as a, using a stronger Jamaican pot still rum like J. Ray, the Maison still, I'm, in my opinion, makes a fine choice. Uh, the porter provides effervescence in addition to flavor. Um, and if you don't use all the punch at your, uh, at your party for whatever reason, remove whatever is left of the ice block and bottle the liquid in an airtight container and put it in the fridge. You can probably get another day out of it, like you can use it the next day. Um, but I wouldn't try more than one day. I'd try, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stray uh, up to two. Now, if the bottle isn't airtight, you can forget about it completely because the lime juice and the beer will not be enjoyable and they will not react well to being exposed to air for, you know, 18 and 24 hours. As another serving suggestion, this punch will work just as well with other rums and porters. So go ahead and experiment and find a favorite of yours. You may have your own favorite porter. You may find your own, you may have your own Jamaican rum you want to try. Um, and even if you do enjoy it with the Maison XO, know that Maison XO will probably not be around forever. So you'll need to find an alternate or two in your back pocket, you know, keep an alternate or two in your back pocket uh, for the next time you want to make the punch. Unless you've really stocked up on the Maison XO, in which case, you know, just keep going with that. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can rate the show on iTunes. You can even leave a review on iTunes. The show is also on Twitter as and Instagram as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter or on Instagram. Now, go get some rum and a beer.